Hello, and welcome to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast with your hosts, Russell Martin and Brent Aiken. This podcast is all about equipping, encouraging, and inspiring youth pastors weekly with topics that are brought to the table by youth pastors from all over the world. And now, here's your host for this week, Brent Aiken. Hey guys, welcome back to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast. I'm Brent, and I am here today with Katie Earls. And so I don't want to go into too much detail. Um, I want to let her have her own spotlight. So Katie, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you are, what you do, and um, yeah, just anything else you want to share. Okay. Um, I'm in Abilene, Texas. Yay, go Abilene. Um, I work at Remnant Church, which is a house church. Um, doing student ministry for them. Um, I've done student ministry for about eight years now in like all the different capacities that you can. I love it. It is my heart. Um, It's when I was in student ministry that the Lord really got a hold of me. And so I fully believe that is something that all students can experience. And that's why I have a passion for it. And so I I've gone to school for it. I have an undergrad in ministry. I'm almost done with my master's of divinity praise. It's been insane, but we're almost done. Um, so, yes, praise God. <laughs> it's been a long journey, but we're almost there. And it's just, it's exciting to see what God's doing in the earth and in our teenagers. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, so I've known Katie for a little while now um, at with both of us being uh, youth pastors in Abilene, but we had, uh, I had had the conversation with her. I was like, Hey, I really want you to come on the podcast. And I was like, same as everybody else to say, Hey, you know, pick two or three topics and then we'll pick the one that works for us. And so she came up with a topic that honestly, I would have never, ever thought about. Um, But I think it's super um, relatable. I think it hits a huge, um, a huge uh, group of youth pastors out in our Um, occupation and workforce. And so with that being said, today's topic is being single in ministry. And so um, just to kind of jump right into it, does being single affect the method or the process of how you do ministry? Well, I have been single the whole time I've been doing ministry. But uh, for me, just in the over the years of seeing my friends who are also in ministry and have like marriage and family and kids and all the things um it's made me realize that I have a lot more time than they do um which good or bad um it creates more opportunities for me to get to do things with the students and just all the different things in that and so it does kind of change your method just because you realize that I have this really crucial time right now that a lot, some people don't have that are student pastors. And it's like, how can I be very intentional in that time, knowing that I don't know how long that's going to last, but right now I have it. And I want to make sure that I'm doing all that I can to be really intentional with our kids. So you talked about that extra intentionality. Um, what are some things that you do that are intentional that I guess the free time does allow you to do that maybe someone that has a little more time constraint doesn't. Yeah. Something that I have done a lot is I just try to take kids to dinner or because, I mean, I don't have a family that I'm at home, like eating with. And so it's like, well, Hey, let's go Chick-fil-A. Let's go to Whataburger or something and just hang out and have relationships with them or 
thankfully here in Abilene, we have two Sonics with volleyball courts. So it's like, hey, let's go hang out at Sonic and just get to know each other and do relationships. Um, that is something that's been a huge game changer that I've seen over the years is just that relationship piece. You're able to really pour in a little bit more just of saying, hey, like, it's not just Wednesday and Sunday that I care about you. I want to hang out with you too, because I want you to know that I'm here and I'm going to show up and I genuinely want to see you guys succeed in life. No, definitely. I think that's, uh, it is a great opportunity. And I say that there, I'd probably say that there's different, um, stages of that. Um, mm-hmm. because I would say, um, I started youth ministry a month after I got married. Um, and so come from a completely different dynamic, but also, there's just different dynamics of having that extra time when you were single to having that different or that extra time when you were just married, um, where it's just you and your spouse before kids. And then of course there's, well, you have kids now and now time constraints really do come into play. And so I think that there's different um, stages. Um, and I think there's different things you can do with all those. And I think taking advantage of, um, that relational time that you do have is super important. And it honestly puts you into a different ballpark. Um, as far as being relational as some other people can go because you do have the time to spend. Um, but it also does uh, obviously come with some challenges as well. Um, and one of those would be to, um, kind of keep conversations safe. And so how do you implement changes that are needed to work, um, to provide safe conversations for students um, that are same sex as you and then opposite sex as you? Like, how do you implement the different boundaries and changes that are needed? Yeah, Um, I always work to try and have at least one guy on the team just with me. Um, Where I'm at right now, it is a very new ministry. I mean, the church has only been open for about a year. And so I'm actually in that process of trying to find people to help me lead. Um, In the past, when I've been at other places, I've had a good solid team that was there and they showed up consistently. And I always had another guy with me that he was kind of my second in command. And if I needed to have a conversation with a student that was a guy, I would pull him in and make sure he had a voice in the conversation as well. Um, And then even with girls, it's always good just to have another adult with you when you're talking to them, just for accountability on all sides of the story. Um, And so for me, having a team has been really crucial just because I know that accountability, I don't need to have conversations alone with guy students or even girl students. It's just good to have someone with you. Um, And so creating those boundaries is really key, I think, in just creating a safe place for everybody. Um, And then once you've done the work beforehand to build the relationships with them, it's they know that you're safe and that they want that you want the best for them. And I think that is like that's kind of where we're at right now with where I'm at with Remnant is we're in the relationship building because I've only been on like four or five months. And so once we get that going, I think we'll be able to have the deeper conversations, um, which we have some now, but it's still like. I kind of know you, but I don't. <laughs> and so, yeah. Sure. And then just trying to find someone. I'm currently praying and saying, God, please send me some people that can help. Yeah. I mean, I think regardless of where you are, help is always needed. Um, and I think that's something that goes across the board. Um, me being in ministry, my wife doesn't help. 
Um, it, she's helped for seasons in the past, but it's one of those things that um, for now she feels like she uh, is better. Uh, she ha needs to be outside and she's involved in an adult small group, which I think is totally cool. But I have a female associate pastor, uh, associate youth pastor. And honestly, I couldn't do ministry without her um, because it, like you said, it's that team, that mindset of like, okay, well, hey, we're both here. We're both to, like working on this together. Um, but when the conversations do arise, um, I have someone that I can trust that kind of pulls in that conversation and um, gives them a safe space to have um, open conversation. And there are some of the girls that have definitely um, opened up more um, to me than others. But for the ones that aren't comfortable with opening up, um, Shauna, my associate's a great option. And she has a relationship with some of the guys too. Um, it just allows that safety to happen. Um, so obviously that's the topic, I guess, that jumps into my mind immediately is um, how do you have those conversations with uh, members of the um, opposite sex? But what is, do you have any other things that you, um, I guess, could see as hindrances that you have to specifically put plans into action on, hey, this is something that I have to work at. And we're still talking specifically ministry related. And we're going to get into the personal side in a little bit. Um, but is there anything else that you have challenge wise yeah. that you've had to deal with? Yeah. So something that I came up really quickly at my last place was, um, I want to make sure the guys don't just see a girl constantly being the one teaching or preaching that week or like for a long time. And so like, for me, I realized it's, it's not my ministry, it's God's ministry. And he's just letting me be in it at the moment. And so something that we were trying to be really intentional in was having different voices teach. And that's something that Remnant actually does really well is there's guys that teach, there's girls that teach, it changes every week. And so I think for teenagers, they really need that too. It's just say, seeing someone that like, like them that is up there teaching and loves the word of God and wants them to know the word of God. And so we always, every few weeks would try to have somebody different speak to the kids on a Wednesday night, but also we had life group leaders who they were the ones who were doing small groups with them after the service and they would break it down further and they would have guys and girls nights that I, I wasn't in charge of. I said, you run with it, take it, make it amazing. And they did an amazing job with it. And that was also where the kids really got to connect with their leaders was the ones that were pouring into them every single week, but also took the time to just have fun with them. Like I remember one night they had a video game night up at the church and it was a blast and they had pizza and the guys loved it. And it was just so cool to see all the different leaders take initiative to build relationship because I know I can't do that all, especially with all the guys. And so, like you said, it's having that team to say, I trust you, run with it. You're going to do great. Yeah, no, definitely. I think the more we can equip the volunteers that we have, the better. Um, and honest, then you also kind of get to see your volunteers shine. Um, we've definitely had a few conversations about volunteers on the podcast so far, but it's really one that just kind of comes back and forth is like when you let volunteers do what they do, um, and do what they love, uh, a lot of times you'll be surprised with how well things 
turn out because they they're invested in it. They have passion for it. Um, and it's a lot of fun to watch it kind of just sitting in the background being like, yeah. all right, I'm not in charge of this, but yeah. like, this is a great opportunity for that. So, um, obviously there's boundaries in, or there's challenges and boundaries in the professional side of ministry. And another one that I thought about, um, that I definitely, um, experienced, um, I know for sure when I was just freshly married and I'm sure this equates to singleness as well, um, is you also have the parents that are like, well, how are you qualified, um, to be teaching children? You don't have any kind of thing like that. So does it, does that hit a different parameter, um, as far as I guess parents not sure on, or does it actually help you? I mean, I'm, this is a genuine question. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I'm really thankful that when I was first starting out in youth ministry and ministry in general, I had leaders that believed in me and saw ministry in me. And so they were the ones who they kind of vouched for me at the beginning and they gave me lots of times to lead and to teach and to preach and were teaching me all the things that I needed to know to do this. And I know that first set me up for a lot of success because they were the ones that were saying, we believe in her. I'm the leader. I believe in her and you should too. Um, But also just sharing my story as I've gotten to know parents and saying, you know, it was when I was in youth ministry that I really came to know the Lord. I'd been a Christian since I was nine, but it was my youth pastor and his wife that really poured into me. And I don't remember the conversations or I don't remember the sermons that he preached. I don't remember all that, but I remember the times that they showed up. And I remember the times that they were there and just the hours of conversations we would have just about the Bible, faith, anything. And they were like, yeah, you can ask us whatever you want. And just creating that safe space for me. And they came to my softball games and all the different things they would do. And so that is what I would share with parents of saying, you know, like, this is what changed my life was having these people that loved me and taught me what it means to really love Jesus. And that's what I want to do for these students, because that's what set me on the track that I am now is because I had a youth pastor who spoke into my life and his wife, who was right beside him teaching with him. And so that's what I really do. And I'm kind of also the person that when someone doesn't believe in me, I'm like, well, I'm just going to prove it to you and show you that I can't do it and that I'm called. <laughs> and like, Man, we'll I love it those out people. <laughs> I am, I'm one of those two, um, very much, but yes, no, um, that is a great, um, mindset to have. It occasionally can get us into trouble. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, for the most part, it's pretty good. Um, so how do you go about setting up boundaries as a single person in ministry? Obviously there's tons of different things and we'll go into these a little, uh, uh, like one question at a time, but, uh, I guess initially, how do you date? How do you, um, I guess, try to build your personal relationship of dating, um, as a person in ministry, does that affect how you do it? Yeah, well, still currently trying to figure that one out. I haven't been there yet, but, but like, just, you know, I mean, I want to be open and honest with our kids too, because I mean, they're dating, even though they're middle schoolers and high schoolers and all the things of just like, 
walking that out with them whenever that happens of being open and honest and living out what I've preached <laughs> the last eight years is what I think I really want to do. Um, but even it's been the sweet place of when I've had girls that have come up and talked to me about wanting to be in relationships and all the things. And I can tell them, I'm like, look, I'm 26 and I'm great. I've never really had a relationship and I'm fine with that. And it's like, why aren't you can be okay with that too? Because I know that God has something for me and someone for me. And, you know, but also like creating the space to know that I need that time for myself too. Um, and so I'm still actually figuring that one out because it hasn't really happened yet, <laughs> but no, but at the same time, that's, that's a great, great mindset of the whole, like, okay, I, I am saying and practicing what I'm saying. Like when I, when I tell you that you can be content in this, I'm being content in this as well. And I don't mind like waiting on who God has. And I think that's a tremendously powerful thing. Anytime we can literally show them like a verbatim, yeah like example of what we're saying, um, man, that it's super, super powerful. Um, how do you handle relationships as far as like friends and stuff like that? Is that something that you kind of leave separate or do you kind of bring them into the program as well? Like, how does that look? Um, I think it kind of can be both depending on like what's going on all that. Cause I've realized over the last eight years that at the beginning, I was really close to burnout because it was like, yes, we're going, we're going to run hard, like love the students, which is great. But I also didn't leave any time for rest and just social life. And so that is something that I've had to figure out over the few, last few years of how do I run hard at ministry, but at the same time, separate ministry time. And like, I know just being vulnerable that at one point my identity had been wrapped up and being in ministry and being a pastor. And so I've had to unlearn what that was and learn like, okay, you're pastor here, but you're just friend here. And you don't have to try to be ministering to people all the time. Like just enjoy your friends, love your friends, spend time with your friends. And so for me, I've had to create those pretty specific boundaries of when you're on, you're on. And when you're off, you're off. But knowing that you can be called on at any time if somebody needs something and also creating that space to let them know like if it's not Wednesday night you can still text me or call me if you need something but just trying to really be intentional in not always feeling like I have to be on because then I it's really easy for me to slip into that pride place of someone needs me and it's like well actually they need Jesus but you can help get them there and so yeah. yeah. You don't, you don't have to be the superhero. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think that's something that honestly, even at 32, I, I'm still very, very much learning. Um, it is really, really hard to turn mm -hmm. it off. Yeah. Um, because you step into a situation and obviously even like the first time you're meeting people, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm hesitant to even say that I'm a pastor yeah. because <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, mm. And they People shut down. put this thing on you and um, you're like, I'm yeah. the same person. <laughs> yeah. Like I promise the person that was talking to you about star Wars five minutes ago is the same person that I am. Yeah. I, like I did not change. I didn't No, I mean, it's, yes. but I think that that's something that goes across the board is um, it's really, really difficult to, I guess, live outside of ministry yeah. as well, because 
um, once you're in it, there's so many people that have expectations and so many people that try to, I just, I guess, heap this stigma on you that like, you're, you're holier than now 24 or seven and super Christian and all this stuff. And it's like, no, I'm a normal person just like you are. Um, and that's, that's super, super difficult. Um, yeah. And even being around here, saying your pastor is a woman is kind of hard sometimes because people you don't know how people are going to react it's just love it or hate it that's where we're at and so that's something I've also had to kind of walk and be like where do you fall on this <laughs> like yeah you know and so it also is something that motivates me as a single woman in ministry of saying like we can do it <laughs> yeah so elaborate on that a little bit because I think that's a super important topic as well just for the nature of I mean, you are a woman in ministry and honestly, that needs to be a conversation all by itself. Um, And it's something that we'll probably do down the road. Um, But how does, I mean, what does that play out? How does that affect when you do interact with friends? Does it, um, is it something that kind of continuously lurks in the back of your mind for a long time? Or is that something that eventually they're like, okay, I mean, I guess that's cool kind of thing like that. I mean, we me and Russell both very, very much are uh, people that support women in ministry. Um, honestly, I will say one of my favorite pastors that I've ever served under was a sweet old lady. And to this day, I love her to death. Yeah. Um, she was pretty much a grandma and she was my boss um, and fantastic. Um, and we very much value the relationships um, that we've built through women in ministry. But um, I, I, from the other side of the perspective, it's easy for me to say, well, I value y'all, but like, how does that come into play with, I guess, y'all's day, your day to day? Yeah. I mean, you know, I grew up in an environment that was very conservative. And so for me, it was really hard when I first felt the call to ministry because I didn't think we did that. <laughs> and I was really confused. And again, thank God I had a youth pastor and his wife that were very intentional of saying, no, we believe in you. We know God has called you and pouring that into my life. Um, and so for me, what it's looked like as specifically a single woman in ministry is I've seen people in my life that they did that. I mean, I have friends who were single till they were probably 30, 31 and were serving the Lord with everything they had and leading these ministries and doing amazing things for the kingdom. And they weren't letting it stop them that they were single and they didn't listen to the naysayers or the things. And so, and I've told them this, like I would watch them leading. And for me, it was as a new person, women in ministry as a single person, I would see them and I would say, they can do it. I can do it. I believe I can do it because I'm watching them do it. And I mean, they're now married and have kids and they have been so just integral and like encouraging me and knowing that place of just enjoy this time and live life do everything God has called you to do don't focus on the I'm single but know that he's got something and he's got someone for you and just go have fun and enjoy the single life that you get to live and for me that has been huge in that process of trying to fight the Oh, you're single or all the different things and like growing up here and I went to college here everybody gets married when you're right out of college ring my spring all the things and for just having them to speak into my life has been huge not even just for ministry but just in friendships and all the different things of just go out and have fun and enjoy being with your friends and like 
it's okay that you're a pastor too, but have fun and enjoy your life. Yeah, definitely. And so these next two, you've kind of already touched on with your first answer. I want to just kind of cover them just to make sure we didn't miss anything else. Um, And so if you don't have anything else to add on these, that's totally fine. Um, But how do you create boundaries for you not to do youth ministry all the time? You kind of touched on that, but I didn't know if you wanted to go into more detail or more depth on that. Um, not doing youth ministry all the time. I do have another job besides my youth ministry. So sometimes that just is a really easy boundary of, okay, now we have to switch and do this job. Um, I'm also in grad school, which also takes up a lot of time. And so it's like, all right, now we have to do grad school time. Um, and so for me, that has just kind of fallen into place of it just, my time requires different things. And Um, But before that season, um, the Lord had been really intentional of teaching me, you're going to learn how to rest and you're going to learn how to not find your identity in ministry. Um, Because I went through about a two and a half year season of not being a youth pastor and having to step out of this past season where God did amazing things. And I was a youth pastor and it was incredible, but I realized that my identity had been wrapped up in being a youth pastor and He said, you're going to learn what it means to just be my kid without having a title. And he, he really challenged me in that season of saying, like, am I still going to be enough for you, even if you never have the youth pastor title again? And so for me, it's, yeah, I was like, okay, God, (laughs) but like, it was true and I needed it. And it's taken me years to get back to the place of you are mine and I'm your daughter before I am your pastor. And that's something I have to constantly keep in the back of my head is I have to make sure I am being really intentional of just being with him with no agenda of, oh, this could be a good sermon or this could be a good Bible study or all the things. And that's just come from conviction from him. And um, I've got the people in my life that speak into my life that I've said, if you see me going back into this where my identity is wrapped up in this, I need you to call me out ASAP. I give you permission um, and they will do it. And I'm really thankful for them because that's what I need. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think that's something that uh, is very, once again, easy to fall into. Um, it's really, really easy to kind of, um, regardless of time constraints, it's really easy to find yourself to where you almost feel guilty. Um, because you don't spend enough time in the ministry. And so I have a question um, to kind of tangent off of that one. Do you find it hard to change hats? Like going from grad school to your full job, to your youth job, to like. Yeah, I think I used to um, just because again, I found a lot of pride in being a youth pastor and it was my identity and all the things. I still find pride in being a youth pastor, but like not letting it completely rule everything I do and who I am. And um, now it's a little bit easier to be able to switch hats just because I've had to walk through that season, but also because a lot of times my jobs require me to, you have to switch now because if grad school is going on and I'm having to read, all of my focus has to be on that or I will not understand what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, And then for my other job, it's just like, you know, Sometimes you can like mix things in, but most of the time it's just this has to be separate because they're two different things. Um, and so it's just, again, been the learning process of creating really good work boundaries. And 
I always tell people because of the season that I went through the last two and a half years, I got really good at work boundaries because the Lord made me be really good at work boundaries. That's good though. Um, and so the last one that was kind of in this whole segment of questions on boundaries is, and you, like I said, you were kind of already touched on this one. If you have anything else to add, that's great. Um, how do you create boundaries for you to recharge, for you to talk to adults, um, or for you to find adult friends? Um, I, cause I don't know about you, especially, um, in my younger and now, now that I'm kind of phasing out of it and we're finding people that are actually our age that we, that we hang out with, but yeah. for the longest time, especially when you're a young youth pastor, you have this weird dynamic to where you're friends with all of your youth parents. Um, yeah. and really you don't have friendships with many people your age, uh, especially if you're in a small town when you start in ministry, because yeah. there are no young people. Um, but it's, it's definitely a challenge. And so how do you create boundaries for that? How do you create boundaries for recharging, talking to adults and finding adult friends? Yeah. Um, something that I've learned to embrace the last couple of years is just, again, being intentional of having a Sabbath. Um, like, just my life was insane the last three weeks because of different things that happened. And this past Sunday at Remnant, we're really different. And we have a family service where we don't meet one Sunday and we do corporate worship in our homes and different families. And for me, it was the perfect just Sabbath rest day. I just was in bed most of the day and I did stuff like I worked on school and all these things, but it was just this time where I could just be and just spend time in the word and rest I put on worship music and I read and um, for me that has been huge of just I have to turn everything off at least for a little bit um, whether it's school or ministry or different things and just be be really intentional on Sabbath and just rest and doing things from the place of rest and not striving um, so that's a boundary that I have tried I haven't done it perfectly um, but tried to put in place is to have at least a day or part of a day where it's just nothing but just time with the Lord or worship music or something um, and within the friendship realm um, that has been a hard one for me um, I have really struggled with that one every the last few years of trying to find that community that because I feel like when you're a youth pastor and you always like or this is what I used to believe is that you had to like always have this kind of like face on of like, I'm good. Like we're great. We don't struggle. I tried to be perfect. And I was in an environment that taught me that you needed to look good all the time and be perfect. And that was really toxic. And so for now I'm having to relearn of like, no, it's okay to be open and vulnerable. And I thank God that he's brought me people in my life that are around my age that I can be that with. And they're like, you know, we get it. We understand that ministry is hard. Life is hard sometimes. And you can be who you need to be in this moment. Um, and there's no judgment there. And it is, it's been a really sweet gift from the Lord because it's a place that I've really struggled with is finding, like you said, finding that community that is around your age that understands like the hardships of ministry but also like you don't want to unload all the hardships of ministry. And so it's a weird tension that I feel like I'm in sometimes, but I do have the people that I'm very thankful that he's brought into my life that I can be real with. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, and I, yeah, that, that's a great answer. Um, so I guess the last thing that I would ask is we're kind of beginning the, to wrap up this conversation um, is, are there any other benefits of being single in ministry that you have not mentioned? And then another question that I'll kind of throw in there too, is if you're speaking to the new youth pastor um, that is single, how would you encourage them? Benefits to being single, I would say yes, because you can go and do the things. And if the mission trips come up or all the things, like it doesn't have to be the, let me check and make sure. It's like, no, I can commit. I can go. Let's go. I don't have to check with anyone to go and do the things besides my boss. And especially if it's a mission trip, they're probably going to be like, yeah, go. And so that is one of the coolest things that I love is that I get the opportunity to go and serve in different places and do the different things um, that I normally, I may not get to do if I had kids or a husband or different things just because of that stage of life. Um, and so that is one of the things that I do love is I can just go and do and not have to ask a ton of people. And so maybe that's good or bad. I don't know. Um, but it sounds great. I, it I is would, great. There would, I would definitely not mind moments of that on occasion where I don't have to check 15 schedules to plan yes. one thing. So no, definitely. Yes. And what was the other question? I forgot. The other, the other question was just, how would you encourage um, the new youth pastor that is just kind of starting out yes. and is single in ministry? Yes. So <laughs> this actually happened at a, a church that I was at a few years ago. Um, I'd like just started. And one of the first questions somebody asked me was like, uh, so like, do you have a boyfriend? That's not what you do. <laughs> It's like, we don't want to be asked those things. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, number one, don't do that, but just also just being nice to them and loving them and not giving the pressure of like, Oh, are you dating anyone or anything like that? And all those things. And just realizing that they have a call on their life and that word I, I am and everyone else, we're trying to live that out as well as we can. We're not perfect, but we're trying and, you know, just because we're single doesn't mean that we are any less qualified. Um, I always remind people, I'm like, well, it actually says in there somewhere that it's actually better that you're single, but <laughs> so that type of thing. And just, I think the main thing is just being there, loving them, supporting them, creating a safe place for them to be open. Um, Something I'm really thankful for that I've seen here at Remnant is when we have conversations, we did like a book study and I was there and I'm pretty much the only single person at our church because it's a house church, which I'm also really thankful that I get to help create that space for other single people if they were to come. Um, but we were doing a book study and in it, it specifically talks about like this, this married couple who was ministering to this single college student. and they were very intentional in asking me like, how can we be that for you? How can you, how can you help? How can we help create that place for other people and just be the gospel for single people when they need it? And so I was so appreciative to that because it's one of the first times that someone's actually been like, how can we love you in this season? How can we be family when you're by yourself? Like, how can we include you in what we do? Um, 
and I actually was listening to a podcast that talked about that and it was this single woman who was talking to like married couples of saying this is a way you can love your single friends is just include them do the things let them see family life and um, another one that a person does for me at Remnant is this like she's an amazing wife mother woman of God and she was single till she was 30 something. And she's been very intentional right now of being like, when I'm at their house, like, she's like, I'm be open and honest about all things, marriage, being a mom, because I'm trying to get you ready. And I don't want to just talk about the good. We're going to talk about all of it because I want you to be as prepared as possible. And so that's another one is be real about it. Don't make it seem like this fairy tale thing because I mean, I'm sure it's great, but I'm sure there's also really hard things about it too. And so I really appreciate her taking that role of saying, I'm going to tell you all about it because I don't want you to have all these weird expectations that I did coming into it that may or may not be true. So, yeah. And so, man, that's, that's great stuff, especially um, for anybody that works with, um, uh, people that maybe, maybe not even work with people, but have singles in our churches. And obviously, I mean, unless you have the like crazy, crazy church that like doesn't exist, that there are single people in your church, I'm pretty sure. Um, and so that's a great, um, a great mindset and a great ministry to have. And what a great, I mean, I don't think of a greater example of the gospel, um, Mm -hmm. I got to interview Caleb Davis a couple uh, episodes back and he said, you know, what good is good news if it's not good to the ears to hear it. Um, And so like, you have to find how the good news is good for people and like, what a better way to do um, good news is to love on the people that um, need love, but love on them in a real and authentic um, way. That's not try not kind of like, all right, well, you're over here and, we're yeah. over here, kind of thing like that. Um, and so for you, uh, this is kind of my last uh, tangent out. Um, for you as a um, uh, experienced uh, pastor and someone that's been in the game for a while, um, what would your personal words of wisdom be or like your personal words of encouragement be for someone that's like starting out in the gates, um, yeah. just kind of ready to take on youth ministry uh, like we all were at some point. Yeah. Um, I would say don't focus so much on the fact that you're single. Um, I mean, I went to the small private Christian university here. And when I didn't graduate with a ring on my finger, I thought something was wrong. And it, I've seen lots of people that I know that have graduated now that have said that same thing. And I'm like, it's just, it's a, expectation that we all have and I think that's another thing is don't come in with all these expectations of what's going to happen and all the things Um, but just enjoy this season with the Lord and remember that being single you do have the benefits of not having a family and where you do get to go and be really intentional and have so much more time with the kids Um, and just take it day by day that's something that I used to constantly focus on of future and all the things and do all the things and God's like but I'm here in the day-to-day too and as a pastor I think we have to do that too like yes we're planning for what's coming up but also being intentional to say God what are you doing in this exact season of where I'm at and where our kids are at and where this ministry is at um and just 
enjoying it. Like that has been the biggest thing for me of saying like, every day is the chance for an adventure with God. One of my friends told me that she said, I just look at it as every day is a new adventure with him. So let's figure out what he wants to do. And it's been huge for me in having that mindset and not focusing so much on the, oh, when's it going to happen? When am I going to get married? When's all the things going to happen? And instead, because I think we can miss what's actually happening in the moment if we're so focused on trying to figure out, oh, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? It's like, well, just enjoy it and have fun and let it happen. And don't be so worried about it. Because I mean, like it says, like, there's enough worries for the day, like, and then the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And it's like, just enjoy life, have fun. And have people in your life that when you're having those days, I mean, I have the days where I'm really like just down about it and feel alone and wondering, God, is this ever going to happen? Have those people in your life that can speak into that and say, yes, just because it hasn't happened, there's nothing wrong with you and encourage you in that place and be honest about it. Um, that's something I've tried to be with, like just the people that have come behind me or with our girls in ministry of saying, most of the time I'm good, but there are times that it's really hard and I need those people in my life that are going to love me and encourage me in, in those places. Yeah, that's what great advice for any youth pastor. I mean, just across the board, um, you you need those people. You need that support system. Um, you need yeah. the people that are in your corner that will walk with you on the days that come that are not fun. Uh, because yeah. as, if you've been in youth ministry for any duration of time, there are days that are not fun in youth yeah. ministry. You have to have the conversations with that parent about the kid that did whatever, or um, you have to, I mean, there's so many things that go on. Um, and our job is to walk with them, but sometimes that leads us through dark and muddy water. <laughs> yeah. And so having those people that can be there and support you along the way is fantastic. Uh, fantastic advice. So outside of this conversation, do you have any resources or anything else that they can go to, to kind of get help on, I guess, this specific topic? Um, I've not been the greatest at looking for resources in this area, just because haven't had a ton of time to do it. But there was That's a totally podcast by, by Annie Downs that she, I mean, it's like an hour and a half long because she's a single woman in ministry. She's been doing it, has an incredible podcast out um, that they really took a whole episode and just they answered questions that married people had written in about their single friends. And it talks about how single friends can be open with their married friends and how married friends can be open with their single friends. And it's a really incredible podcast. I sent it to all my friends that were married and said, you need to listen to this, listen to it for me because I'm your single friend and just helping them know how to relate to me. Um, and then just, I know there's lots of books out there and I just, I try to find the people in my life that have been there and let them speak into that place because yeah. that for me has been the biggest help of having the ones who are saying like, girl, I've been there. I know it hurts and it's hard sometimes. And you wonder, what are you doing, God? And just, I mean, there's a lady who's very intentional. I think every week she just texts me and reminds me of all the things that God has for me. And it's just been so, so sweet. Um, and so for me, that's been the biggest help is just yeah. having the people that are walking with me day by day, um, just to say, we see you, we love you. We're thankful for who you are in the season and we're praising God for what he's going to do in the next. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Um, and no, that's great. Uh, it's a great resource to have. And um, I think it's super important. And for the people that do want to go and listen to that podcast, we will definitely have that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and we'll go from there. But um, other than that, um, how can people connect with you? Um, if they want to talk with you, reach out to you on social media or um, anywhere else, shameless plug on anything you have going that you're excited about other than your MDiv, um, which is a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Um, but how can people connect with you? Yeah, I mean, I'm on social media. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I do have a website, katierolls.com. I do photography and all different things. Um, and so you can find me there. Um, I'd love to connect and talk all the ministry theology. I'm Bible nerd. Obviously I'm spending years of my life getting degree for it, but (laughs) so yeah, I'd love to talk. Yeah, definitely. And we'll put all of her, uh, ways you can connect on social media in our show notes for this episode, as well as that podcast that she mentioned. Um, and then, uh, yeah, great conversation. Like I said, one that I personally did not think about, but I'm so grateful um, that you had it uh, as had it on your heart to share, um, had it on your heart to bring this up as a topic. Because what a um, what an impactful uh, message that this is, not only to um, hopefully the single youth pastors out there, but also for the youth pastors that aren't, um, and how we can kind of step in and intervene and be that um, be the family that supports um, just as much as. Um, we can so thank you katie um this is closing out our episode um we appreciate y'all all listening in um and we hope to see you guys next week as we continue on with the podcast y'all have a great week